But if you have your Bibles today, turn to the book of John. The book of John, just share a short word. You know, this, this season, Christmas season, um, it, you know, it's very special uh, for a number of reasons, uh, but notwithstanding the fact that the Lord gave us a tremendous gift in our Savior. Amen. And uh, this Christmas season serves as a reminder every year uh, that it is right for every person to be both a receiver of gifts, but also a giver of gifts. And you think about it, really what we usually do on a birthday is we give the uh, person who's having a birthday a gift, don't we? Uh, we give them many gifts. We give them cards. We shower them with our love. We may even throw them a party and those type of things. Usually there's cake and ice cream, something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, but if you think about it, what could we really do for Jesus? You know, it's kind of like, what do you get the person who has everything, right? You know, and it's, you know, the Lord, not only does he have everything, but he created everything. I mean, he created you and me, and uh, he created birthday cake. So, you know, what can we give back to him? And, uh, you know, the one thing that I think, uh, you know, Elder Carter, that we can, we can present back to the Lord is simply our obedience. It's really what he wants from us most, isn't it? Uh, it's the gift that we can give to him. And then, secondly, what we can do is be kind to one another, Becky. We really, you know, we can, that's right, no mean faces, you know. We can, we can be kind to one another. God said that the way that the whole world knows that we're his disciples is how? By the love that we have one for another. And so this really is not only a gift to each other, but it's a gift to him when we are good to each other. Last week we talked about one another. Right. And so our gift to the Lord this Christmas season can be our obedience and it can be our kindness to one another. I mean, there's a song and uh, one of these times we're going to have to sing it, Sister Dietrich, a song called uh, You Can't Beat God Given. Anybody remember that song? I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's a uh, I don't know if it's a spiritual or yeah, an old hymn, you know, and uh, it just it says you can't beat God given no matter how hard you try. And uh, God is the greatest giver that we've ever had. Our God is a loving God, and his nature is to continually give to us. And the greatest gift that he could ever give to us is surmised in John 3.16. Many of you know it. If you have your Bible, please turn there. I know you have it memorized, uh, but why don't you read it along with me? John chapter 3, verse 16 simply says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. New King James says his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know, many things to us stand out about that verse. You know, God gave his only begotten son. Right. Or he gave his one and only son that stands out. The only son that he has, uh, he gave to us. I mean, how many of us would be willing to do that? The only son God gives you 
to, to give uh, back or to give up for a greater cause. Whoever believes in him, anyone can come to the Lord. Whomever it is believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But you know what stands out to me in this passage of Scripture, this verse of Scripture, is it doesn't say that God loved the world. It says that God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave. You realize no one took Jesus' life on the cross. You know, we say, well, the Romans killed him or the Jews killed him. And uh, really, that's not what happened, Sister Lois. What really happened, it's okay to say that. I mean, that's what we perceive. But really, if you really want to know the truth, what happened is he gave his life for us. He gave his life. It's the greatest gift we could ever have. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father. And so what is a gift? When we talk about a gift, sometimes we have to define what a gift is, especially as we give to each other uh, sometimes because, you know, sometimes we give expecting something back, you know, or you may, you, may, uh, you may hear someone say, well, you know, I gave so-and-so that last time and they just haven't treated me right or it seems like they would have treated me different. Well, then I don't know that that was really a gift, if that's the way you feel, you know, I mean, just say it was a loan. Just don't call it a gift, you know, because a gift is something voluntarily transferred, voluntarily transferred by one person to another. Guess what? Without compensation of any kind. Now, when I say compensation of any kind, that means you may not even get a thank you. Oh, now come on now. Come on now, it's, it's we should, of course we should. I'm not saying that we shouldn't say thank you to one another. But I'm saying if you're the gift giver, and if you're truly giving a gift, give without an expectation of compensation. Because it's a gift. Listen, I'm giving this to you, no matter what you give to me. And this is what God did for us. It means to give or grant graciously and generously with the implication of goodwill on the part of the giver. I am giving this for your good. I am not giving this out of self-centeredness. Come on, I, the world, especially the Western world, could, could, could learn this from God. Because often, come on, I mean, if we're really honest with ourselves and we're really honest with each other, sometimes we can be self-centered. Not selfish because we give away, but self-centered in the fact that look at what I'm giving. Did you enjoy my gift? Did you get the gift that I gave you? How'd you like it? Is that what you wanted? And what we're really looking for is something back. Yeah, it was great. Oh, thank you so much. Well, you know, I am a good gift giver, you know. First John 4, 8 says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is what? Love. God is love. You want to know the gift that God gave us when he gave us his only begotten son, when he gave us his only son, his one and only son? The gift that he gave us was love. It is the greatest gift that we can give one another is love. And God gave us love. He gave us his love. And I begin to think about that, and there's many Greek words for love. We talked about this for Leo and all of these other words. This word is one that you know very, very well, but when God gave us his love, he gave us agape. 
didn't he? He just, he set his love upon us. It didn't have anything to do with our obedience to him. Didn't have anything to do with our kind words to him. It didn't have anything to do with our testimony. It had everything to do with simply he loves us. He simply loves us and he agape us. And so I began to think, what would God want us to know about his love for us? Well, here's some things that God wants us to know this morning. First of all, he wants us to know that his love is for you is personal. His love is personal. God loves the church. He loves his people. But you need to understand this morning that God does, just doesn't love with a broad stroke the church and his people. God loves you specifically. You. When the Bible says he knows every hair on your head, well, he knows everything about you. Let's just put it that way. Okay, some got that, some didn't, but that's all right. We understand that God's love for you is very, very personal. He loves you, Julie. He loves you, Michael. He knows your name. He knows all of your shortcomings. He knows all of your faults. He knows when you'll mess up next week. And he still loves you. Because David said he has set his love upon you. He would want you to know that his love for you is unfailing. It will never fail. Hebrews 13, 5, he said, for he himself has said this, I will never leave you or forsake you. We quote that very often, but in case you need to know, it's in Hebrews chapter 13. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Exodus 15, 13, in your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. Psalm 33, 22 says, may your un failing love rest upon us O Lord even as we put our hope in you his love never fails us and guess what you can't make it fail you you can't make it fail you next thing is he wants you to know that his love for you is perfect his love for you is perfect how many have ever read first Corinthians chapter 13 in your life come on you ever read through that we call it what? The love chapter, right? That so describes God's love. I want to read something to you out of 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. We've already established that God is love, okay? So what I'm going to do when I read this to you is I'm going to substitute the word love for God, okay? I'm not adding to Scripture or taking away. We've established that God is love, right? And so listen to how it sounds when you substitute the word God. But also what I want to do, and this is implied in these scriptures, is insert the word me. And I want you to understand that he's talking to you directly today when he says this. It says, God is patient. You know, it says love is patient, love is kind, right? God is patient with me. God is kind to me. God does not envy. God does not boast. God, though he could be, is not proud. God is not rude to me. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered with me. Hmm. God keeps no records of wrongs with me. Thank you, Lord. God does not delight in evil, but God rejoices with the truth with me. 
God always protects me. Come on. God always preserves me. And God never fails me. When you talk about the love that is in the Bible, you're talking about God himself. And he is saying this to you this morning. His love is personal and his love is perfect. He also wants you to know that his love gives you value. Did you know that? His love gives you value. You are valuable because God has set his love upon you. You see, love affirms and esteems the uniqueness of the one loved. Why? Because love makes no comparison. You see, a baseball was just an ordinary baseball until Babe Ruth hit it out of the park. Now it's a special baseball. There was a painting. It was just an ordinary paint. It was paint on canvas until Rembrandt signed his name to it. Now it's valuable. A glass was just a piece of glass until I looked down and I saw the Tiffany stamp on it. Now it makes it valuable. You see, you are just a normal, regular, everyday person until you understand that God's love rests upon you. Now you are valuable, more valuable than precious stones, more valuable than silver and gold because God's love is upon you. He wants you to know that he never changes, nor does his love for you. His love for you never changes. Hebrews chapter 13, also, if you, we talked about verse 5, but if you go down to verse 8, it says Jesus Christ is the same what? And forever. The same. And so if he loved you yesterday, guess what? He loves you today. And if he loves you today, guess what? He's going to love you tomorrow. His love is already upon you. Psalm 102.7, but you remain the same and your years will never end. Even in Malachi, he said, listen, I, the Lord, do not change. Don't worry about it. My love for you will not change. But God, you don't know what I did. I, I know what you did, but I still love you. I may correct you, but I still love you. Well, God, you just don't know my thought. Yeah, I know your thoughts. I know your thoughts, and I still love you. And then he wants you to know that his love for you is unconditional. His love for you is without condition. Remember Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners died for us while we were yet while we were wallowing in sin not thinking about him he died on the cross for us and so regardless of what you have done he still loves you no matter what you feel or don't feel for him he still loves you regardless of what you believe or don't believe he still loves you. The truth is that with God's love, there is nothing I need to do in order to be loved of God. God's love does not need to be acquired. Indeed, it cannot be acquired. It does not need to be deserved, nor can it be deserved. There's nothing you can do to deserve God's love, nor can it be produced or controlled. It is a blessing to us 
So there is nothing that we can do to create it. Before you even realized or knew that there was a God, he already set his love upon you. And so when I think about this Christmas season, I think about us going to the mall and going to stores so that we can get gifts for each other and enduring the crowds and, you know, talking to family and all the things that Christmas is to many of us. One of the central themes that comes back to me is, yes, Jesus is the reason for the season, but I begin to think about the greatest gift that was ever given on Christmas. And so that's really in all that we do what we should celebrate the greatest gift that was ever given, and that is the gift of love. And remember how we can celebrate that gift. One, our obedience to God. And number two, and I think just equally as importantly, is our love for one another. Think about that this Christmas season, your love for one another. I know that you're probably thinking about that perfect gift that you can give. Maybe there's somebody you haven't talked to in a while and, uh, you know, you want to uh, get back in good with them, you know, or maybe you had a falling out or maybe you just have been apart and you're thinking, wow, if I bring a gift to them, that will, you know, win them back or, or, or make them love me. You know what the greatest gift that you can give is? is simply their, uh, you can give them your love and they can give you their love. That's the greatest gift. There is nothing greater than that. And so really, really think about that during this Christmas season. Listen to this poem. It says, the better you love, the better you live, the better you parent, the better you husband, the better you manage, the better you teach, the better you sell. If I have love in my life, it can't make up for many things I lack. If I do not have love in my life, no matter what else there is, it is not enough. If you don't have love in your life, you simply don't have enough. And so this Christmas season, let's think about that.